Okay, and we are live. So um, here we are, and welcome to episode 35 of, of TL Tech Learn Coffee. I'm your host, along with C. Minicozzi. My name is Lisa Nowakowski, and I teach fifth grade in Southern Monterey County. And I'm Nancy. I'm an instructional technology coach in uh, Northwest LA County. Just a reminder about our podcast format, we have a 15-minute limit because nobody's got time for more than that. No, they don't. And today's coffee fact is, did you know that soft or deionized water makes for a, wait for it, less balanced cup of coffee and can actually rob you of caffeine? Yikes, I didn't know that. No. All right. No, terrible. <laughs> so tonight's guest is Aida and she will be talking to us about geospatial tools. So Aida, um, tell us a bit about yourself and who you are, what you do. Well, this is a great topic for today, having all been all excited about the eclipse all day long. So thanks for inviting me to join you guys. Um, a couple things about me. I'm a faculty member. Uh, I teach earth science and environmental science at Broward College in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where we had 78% totality today on the eclipse at 2.58 p.m. Uh, so that was exciting. Last year, I was uh, serving as an Einstein Distinguished Educator Fellow at the U.S. Department of Energy in Washington, D.C., so I got to spend the whole year in, in D.C. at DOE, and uh, Acronym City is what that place is all about. And then prior, <laughs> yeah, really, prior to that, I was a high school administrator for over 20 years. I've also been a Google Certified Trainer since the beginning of the program way back in 2010, and uh, I'm really proud to tell you that as a geoscientist, I've been working with geospatial tools for a long time. And I, I'm very excited about bringing them into not only my own class, but sharing the power of integrating those tools into lessons with other educators. So I'm really excited to be here and talk to you a little bit about those things. Goodness, we are so excited to have you here too. Thank you so much for joining us. So. Um, as you said, today was the eclipse and we were all waiting for it. Um, so did you get a chance to use any of the geo tools today in conjunction with the eclipse? Yes, we did. So I'm, I'm hoping that some people out there have already tried the new web-based Google Earth. Um, and if you haven't, now's a really great time to do it because there's a Voyager section in that new tool that's dedicated to the eclipse. So this morning I had my students explore Voyager to see what they could learn about the eclipse. And there's actually part of the tool where they can click on their location and see exactly what it's gonna look like during the beginning, middle, and all the way through the eclipse. So it's a great tool to look at. But there are also some short video clips and other pieces in there for students to learn about the eclipse right inside of that new web-based Google Earth. So if you've got Chromebooks in your classroom, or other devices, hop on earth.google.com and see what you see. Um, and then the funniest thing, which the students really, really enjoyed, of course, was that we had to have our eclipse playlist going. So, you know, total <laughs> eclipse and here comes the sun and all that other good stuff. <laughs> just, just to be fun, you know, you gotta do that. It is fun, that is yeah. definitely fun. What a great way to get them all involved in yeah. thinking about it and thematically. And what a great tip on using the new um, web-based browser, uh, or the web-based, excuse me, um, Google Earth. It is yeah. pretty, pretty amazing. Um, so you, um, let's see, so 
so on a regular basis, do you use geo yeah. tools in the classroom? And, and what are some of the great ways that you're using them in your classroom? Yeah, we, we do. And, you know, there are other tools, other geospatial tools, even other geospatial tools that are free. Um, if you want to check some of those out, some come from ESRI. But because I'm a Google certified trainer, I primarily use the Google tools. So things like Google Earth, Google Maps, Google My Maps, Google Earth Engine, those are on the top of my list for using with students. They're, they're great and easy with Chromebooks and other devices in the classroom. Um, so we've used those tools in a bunch of different ways. We do things like exploring landscapes for geological features, um, asking questions about features that students observe in different types of regions, creating and viewing Google Earth tours, um, taking virtual field trips, which is awesome, and um, also using them to visualize data that you can find and harvest right off the web, uh, KML and KMZ files of you know big data sets, small data sets, they're out there and they're available and those are great to use. So we also use uh, my maps to create visualizations of data sets that the students collect. Those are pretty easy to do if you uh, can kind of marry up a Google spreadsheet with a Google my map. Um, and it's great because students can collaborate on those just like they can with the other Google tools. So, you know, once you've talked about Google Earth and My Maps and Maps and, and those things, you also have to remember that Google Expeditions is out there and it takes it kind of to a whole nother plane, a whole nother level of adding in that VR experience for the geospatial component too. So lots of good expeditions out there that you can really take your virtual field trips a little bit further and still dig into data on the ground using the other tools. So That's great. Um, I love yeah, how you use data. Yeah, it, it, it's a really important part of it. But there's one other thing I want to mention, just, just so I don't forget. Um, while you know I'm in a science classroom when I'm teaching, but I also do a lot of work with other educators. And one of the tools that's out there that's really popular is called Google Lit Trips. And um, that's a tool where you can bring in geospatial versions of lots of different books that are popular in um, educational literature. So... You know, you've got the classics like Romeo and Juliet and all those good things, but you have all the fun literature that has kind of a geospatial component too. So check out Google Lit Trips. You can Google that and, and find those, and they're, they're pretty fun. Don't be afraid to sign up on that website. It's a little daunting looking when you first get in there, but sign up and, and grab it too. Yeah. That's a, great, uh, that's a great tip. They do have a lot of really great resources on that website. So thank yeah. you. Um, yeah. Do you start with non-tech tools when you start with your geospatial? Yeah, that, that, that's a really good question. So we used to do a ton with paper maps and aerial photography and things like that. Um, and, and we've really moved away from that. We now teach the mapping skills directly through Google Earth and through Google Maps. And we find that um, you can do as well teaching the basic skills of mapping through those, those digital tools. Uh, but the students really enjoy that learning experience more because it's it's a richer opportunity for them to dive deeply into different spaces and take a look at what's going on there. But also um, because you can very quickly get to the point where you can bring in these these geospatial data sets, whether they're big ones or little ones, uh, and integrate them into your lessons and work with them as part of of that that classroom activity where you're not doing so much qualitative work, but you're also mirroring the quantitative work, even at a, a lower grade level that's possible. So 
you know, you've got that ability to visualize the data when you use the, the geospatial tools like Earth and, and maps that you didn't have with, with paper. So that's, that's kind of why we migrated away from the, the non-tech pieces. Yeah. It sounds like you're really getting some deeper thoughts and deeper thinking going on with the students with using all of the data sets as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, what has been the biggest benefit of using these tools besides that I could nerd out on these with you, <laughs> right along with you? <laughs> yeah, um, just the idea that you can you can go places that you usually can't really go. So it's it's really easy to take students up to the top of Mount Everest or to the the Nile Delta, um, to Antarctica, you name it, you can take students there and visualize those landscapes and those features and look at the processes and look at data related to all of them. Um, so you can do all those things that you just really couldn't do with, with paper or just with imagery. And that makes it a much richer experience. And it, it gives students opportunities to ask different kinds of questions than the kinds of questions they used to ask and the kinds of questions we used to ask them to answer. So it's a different learning experience, I think. Yeah. It, I think it really is a different learning experience. And, you know, like we said, it, it, it helps them to gain deeper knowledge and understanding. Um, so what are some yeah. inspirational ways in which you integrate all of these uh, these great uh, geo tools into your classroom? You have already mentioned a few with using the data yeah. sets and things. Um, so I think the thing that my students for the last couple of years have been the most excited about is any time that we can marry up expeditions with Google Earth or expeditions with Google Maps. Um, so, for example, there's a, a new um, video out which just happens to show up on Netflix of all places called Chasing Coral, but it's a very serious documentary about what's happening to fisheries and coral reefs. Um, so it, there are some really great images of uh, the oceans in the oceans layer of Google Earth that you can, okay, dive into. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry. It's late. <laughs> um, so, you know, when you start to, to talk about uh, things related to climate or related to change and you talk about uh, coral reefs and ocean ecosystems and fisheries and society's impact and their impact on societies, uh, being able to, to bring in pieces like expeditions to actually take students on a dive <laughs> when most of them will will never get to go on a dive. I mean, you can go on a dive to to the Great Barrier Reef, right, with your students right in your classroom. Um, it it gives a whole new meaning to what it is they're thinking about and studying, and I think it connects them more closely with with the whole landscape, whatever it may be, whether it's a coral reef or a mountainside or a grassy plain. Uh, it, it connects the students in different ways so that their learning becomes uh, much, much deeper. And that's just really inspirational for me as an educator. Um, it's great to be able to work with other teachers and, and show them how to use these kinds of things in their classrooms with their students, and, and that's inspirational too. So I think it's, it's just being able to, to marry up the great tools together to make a real rich experience. I love that, just kind of putting them all together, not using them in isolation. That's such a yeah. great advice.
advice. Yeah. Um, so what is the way for a beginner to get started? I know so many people are just scared of Google Earth because they're used mm -hmm. to the old Google Earth or yeah. they're, they're unfamiliar with my maps and expeditions and it can seem very overwhelming. So what advice do you have? Yeah. So I'm going to say in, in the theme I've been taking here, dive in. <laughs> um, you know, the, the new web-based Google Earth is really, really user-friendly. So you, you, you get in there and you click on Voyager and there are lots of opportunities to use the content that's already been developed to take students different places. And if you frame it with some general uh, ideas for students to ask questions about what they're seeing and what they're learning, then you've taken away really all of the learning curve there for the for the educator. Um, and in addition to Voyager, there's this thing called I'm Feeling Lucky. And it just takes you to um, some random sites around the globe with a lot of great information and imagery. Uh, and again, another opportunity for you know, very low tech skills to just go in and you know two clicks once you get onto to Google Earth you're in something that is really very accessible for students and very usable in terms of a learning opportunity. So those are good things. The other thing you can do is if you go into a Google advanced search and in the file type section, you choose either KML or KMZ. So it's keyhole markup language is what KML is and that's what Google Earth was originally written in. And what you're gonna be able to find there is if you search for a topic, um, you'll find KMZ or KML files that are already created. And all you need to do is save that on your computer and then open it up in Google Earth or open it up in Google Maps. And you've got a pre-built activity with lots of, of data and imagery and sometimes video and all sorts of things in there. So I was messing around with one of those this afternoon and I, I just typed in um, something about environmental programs and it pulled up this huge data set that came from the United Nations uh, where I was able to go in and one minute to go I was able to go in and, That's and it. click around on the globe and look at all sorts of different regions where there are environmental programs and learn about them very quickly so it's very uh, user-friendly in terms of go in search for that file type save the file, pull it up in Google Earth, and just see what you've got. You don't need to create these data sets as, a, as an educator. There are a lot of them out there already. So I think you'll be surprised at how quickly both you as an educator and your students become really comfortable with the tools and just get used to them being there to enrich your lessons. So. God, that go. was wonderful. Goodness, you're such a wealth of information. I'm so glad that you were able to join us, and especially today with uh, the eclipse and Oops. everything. Yeah. Um, so we just want to thank our listeners. Um, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. I mean, how could you not? It was so chock full of wonderful information. Um, please leave us uh, a comment uh, to let us know what you thought. And you can join us Tuesday, not Monday, but Tuesday, September 5th, when our guest will be Michael Rausch, who will be um, sharing with us uh, the ideas of design thinking and universal design for learning. Yes, and uh, if you can't think of anything to say in your comment, uh, today's comment question, what was your eclipse, or what was your eclipse experience? <laughs> say that three times fast. Um, so we'd love to hear about it. Also, uh, just a note, 
we have a slide deck on Google Earth and Maps that we will be putting in the description and linking so that um, Aida generously uh, shared with us. So that will be in on our website and in the YouTube description. We are always looking for guests to share the great things they're doing in their classrooms. So if you know someone who fits the bill or if you'd like to be a guest, please visit our website at tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know and we will be in contact. Thank you so much. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll see you next time.